Welcome to episode 7 of African and American with your girl, Six the Goddess. And now keep in mind I'm a goddess and I'm sensitive about my shift. I had a call in from a sister um, for the show and she asked me, you know, sister, what do you exactly mean when you say that you're a goddess and you're sensitive about your shift? And I'm like, you know, I guess my answer to that would be that as black women, we are kind of born into a lifestyle of pain. We are born into a lifestyle of um, high expectations. We are born into a lifestyle of self-hatred. It takes us to consciously put forth the effort to love ourselves to love our skin to get good things that we deserve to have our rights to be feminine to have our rights to be women we are the only women that are not born um, with society feeling as though we deserve those things deserve respect deserve protection and since we're born into a society that does not feel as though we deserve that we don't believe we deserve that for ourselves that's just the way it happens when we're born and as a woman as a black woman let me let me excuse that and correct what I just said as a black woman we have to make that choice that yes I do deserve x y and z I do deserve love I do deserve to be protected I do deserve to be provided for and that's the shift it's the shift from You're no regular to royalty. That is the shift that has to take place. And the only person that can conduct that shift is you. So that's what I mean when I say I'm sensitive about my shift. Because completing that shift is very hard. It it requires you to isolate yourself. It requires you to put your ego aside. It requires you to admit that you were wrong and admit that you need change. It's very difficult mentally. So... That's why I say I'm sensitive about my shift because everything that's happening within me is a shift right now, a shift from negative to positive, a shift from bad to good. Um, I want to make an announcement of something very important that is happening. We're not waiting for permission from anyone for this to happen or a permission slip to get signed for this. Um, Myself and my sisters with BlissfullyFeminine.com, we we are announcing a feminine renaissance that is about to take place. The feminine renaissance is just that. It is a shift. It is us as sisters deciding collectively that we are going to return to our divine feminine. Um, the rules of the renaissance is... Black women will not be having sex with men who do not respect and protect their bodies. Um, We will not be giving children to men that have not married us. Um, The feminine renaissance will include no baby showers or gender reveal parties for any sisters who are not at the bare minimum engaged to the father of their children we are no longer celebrating 
the bringing forth of life into your confusion and lack of commitment to your partner, children born by casual conception. It is abusive to our children to bring them into the world with people that we know we are not spending the rest of our life with, with people that we know we are not ready to get married to. Um, any woman who decides to disrespect her womb by giving a child born by casual conception to a man that has not married her, if she does need community support, that will be done privately. It will not be publicly celebrated with, you know, elaborate baby showers and gender reveals because this sets a bad example for our daughters and our granddaughters. That is a good thing to bring forth children into broken homes and families. And we are, um, we're breaking that norm. Um, so sisters, just be ready. Um, the, the shift is real and it's happening. And anyone that wants to come along is welcome to come. Those who are still comfortable living the way they can, they can stay. Black women returning to their femininity is literally a matter of life or death. It has been hundreds of years since black women have lived completely in their divine feminine and clearly not living in it has not been working out well for us. I did a video on feminism a few weeks ago and the response I got was funny because it was like women feel as though by being told they need to remain in their feminine lane that somehow that means that they should be weak <laughs> and it's like okay so the only reason why there's women who are offended by the idea of a woman remaining feminine are women who don't understand what divine feminine is because if you really understand what divine feminine is then you'll understand that it is the greatest power on earth yes i said it the divine feminine power is the greatest energy and power on earth, maybe even in the universe. And let's just talk about what divine feminine power does. Okay, first of all, it brings forth life. Second of all, it then sustains the life that it brings forth. Divine feminine heals and divine feminine requires no no vocals it requires you to say nothing it's so powerful that it's practiced and and it works without a word being spoken so you know i don't understand why it's so offensive like to tell a woman like to remain feminine like if you are remaining anything but feminine you are playing yourself Okay, because being feminine is the highest power. So therefore, if you're being anything besides that, then you're selling yourself short. Being feminine in no way, shape or forms means being dumb, helpless or weak. It means none of those things. That's why we have to really educate ourselves before we hear something and just get butthurt and offended. Like before we get offended, it's best to take time and meditate on what was said dissect it think about it put our ego aside stop making everything about us personally that's what that's too many times what happens like if i say 
we're not having baby showers or gender reveals for women who are not at least engaged to their husbands. Women get offended like, well, for your information, first of all, stop right there. The fact that you're getting mad by someone telling you that you need to commit to a man before you give him a child shows the self-hatred that we have been programmed to have. The fact that women are even able to get upset by someone telling them, level up, stop giving kids to men that haven't married you, you know, stop having sex with, with men who do not care about you, do not respect you. And then you get mad at that madness, complete madness. So basically what you're suggesting is that we should all just be like, yes, let's go around, you know, having sex with men who don't give a damn about us and that we're just a piece of ass too. Let's continue to have babies with men that we don't know that well and that have not made commitments to us between our two families. And let's continue to act like dudes. Women should be able to have sex with as many men as they want to and ruin their wombs and ingest all that energy. There's nothing wrong with it. Like, be serious. Like, and that's what I mean by that shift. The shift is the black woman, first of all, believing that she deserves what she's technically entitled to by birthright okay uh so if you don't believe that you deserve the best then you will get offended when someone suggests to raise your standards when someone suggests that we are living in a way and we are allowing things that uh, that 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 is making us lower ourselves because these are things that we deserve why don't we deserve them so, you know, the the process of believing that we get good things and that we deserve good things is the first step. Because if you don't think you deserve it, you're never going to make the changes and you're never going to go for it. Okay, so let's talk this Parkland school shooter. First of all, we need to do an exercise. And this exercise is called, Should We Give a Fuck? Okay, and this is a fun game. I'm going I'm to tell you guys how we play it. So this is what you do. So you're minding your business, you know, and then the news comes on and they say, oh, it was a shooter and he killed, you know, 17 people. This is the game. So as a black person, you sit up, you look at the TV, you look at who did it and who they killed. Once you see no Africans have been affected, this is the next move. You politely pick up the book you were just reading. You politely pick your phone back up and continue scrolling with whatever you were doing. And you sit back down and you go on about your day. That is the exercise. The really fun game is called, are the Africans affected? And it's a two-step game. Then it's yes or no. Yes, they have been affected. Then we, then we look into it further. Then we care. If no, they have not been affected, we mind our business. It's a very easy game. Very hard for some to play, but... It's a very easy game considering how, you know, we're dying by the hundreds of thousands every day and it's not even on the news. <laughs> Nobody even cares. Um, so this goes back to, you know, us being at war and when you're in the middle of a war, preserving your energy and, you know, the reality is anybody caring about us, anybody checking about us. So therefore, we don't need to waste our energy because we hear a school shooting. We already know who did it anyway, right? We already know if it's definitely not ours. Um, 
which I can only imagine how at some point there will be some kind of propaganda being spread by some young black kid who will be paid to perform, you know, and act like that. Just because I think that white people are starting to be like, they're on to us. Like, we really are the only ones doing mass shootings. <laughs> so I, I don't I wouldn't be surprised if something is done at some point to kind of break that stereotype and build some propaganda that we do that. Um, but anyway, let's just talk about what what happens just psychologically at times like this. Let's talk about why why black children don't shoot up schools. Like, let's really talk about that on a serious note. Why don't black children kill innocent people? Why don't black children commit mass murders? Because let's look at the facts behind what black children live with on a daily basis. First of all, there's a price on each one of their heads. Okay, they have to live with the fear of being profiled, stereotyped, and which this profiling is this stereotyping can lead to their death or their imprisonment or um, injuries to them by police or other non-black civilians. Okay, so let's talk about that trauma. The trauma of a lot of our children who are born into broken homes. The trauma of a lot of our children being attacked about their physical looks, their skin is attacked, their natural hair is attacked. Our young black girls' bodies are sexualized and attacked. Okay, so if we look at the trauma that our children are born into and have to survive on a daily basis, why aren't our children the ones, you know, doing the mass murders? Because if we if we speak about these mass murderers always being supposedly depressed or have went through some kind of trauma, you know, I mean, then we have to look into our children because technically if that's the reason why people are shooting up schools and it should be our kids doing it because they're the most traumatized children out of any race of children. When I, when this Parkland shooter, you know, they were talking about how he, his mother passed away and his mom was a single mom and he's never met his dad. And I'm like, okay, welcome to the lives of way too many of black children. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, okay, congratulations. Like, welcome to being African and American where that is the case of more of our children than not. Yet our kids aren't out here murdering people for for literally nothing. You know what I'm saying? Committing these mass murders and then you ask them why they did it and they don't even have an answer. They're just like, I don't know. You know, so let's talk about how black children are made up and why they're not committing crimes like this. I know people are going to think I'm being funny when I say this because every time I say stuff like this, people be like, they get it. I'm wrong for saying this. But I mean, I don't understand why, because this is literally just the facts. Like this is not even like being funny or, you know, trying to be nasty towards anyone. Like this is just like the real. And the reality is, is that black children have a very strong conscience. They, they're, they're dark skin. Their kinky hair, it all acts as conductors for the universe and allows them to feel. They feel emotion. They feel love. They feel all of that stronger than anyone else. Black children 
are naturally more brilliant than any other children. They have a natural genius. Black children naturally naturally are more musically inclined. They see, they hear, they feel deeper than any other race of children. These white children commit these acts of murder because it's genetic for them. They are genetically violent people. Okay, they are not 100% human beings. They are percentage Neanderthal. They are literal cavemen. That is in the genetics of the Caucasian from the Caucasus Mountains. They murder for sport. They've always done that. That is them. That's why I hate seeing my Africans succumb to white logic, which is we're all one race, human race. No, we are not. We absolutely are not. And that is the one and only reason why, as the, even though our children are, you know, traumatized the way they are. Can you imagine if it was like white kids getting picked on by police and murdered by police when no one else was? These white kids would be shooting up the whole world. They wouldn't even be able to handle that. The way black kids get the book thrown at them when they commit crimes, the way black kids are villainized. If we did that same thing to white children, they would not stand for it. They'd be shooting everything up left and right, front and center. But our children have such natural, you know, good conscience that they will, and, and it's not saying that they don't experience pain. They experience more pain in all actuality than other children. But the reason, and, and what they will do is our children will hurt themselves before they will hurt someone else, before they will um, shoot up a bunch of innocent people. They will do things that will put themselves in harm's way or themselves in jail. You know, they will fight amongst each other as family before they, you know, go out there and villainize and, and harm people who they don't know or people who have nothing to do with them. Okay, their conscience just simply does not allow it. And I know it might sound kind of crazy, but in some sick way, it just goes to show how loving black children are because that's what selfless people do. Selfless people, and it's not saying they don't experience pain, it's just that when they experience pain, they don't hurt other people. If anything, when they experience pain, they'll hurt themselves. And and that's why our children, before they go and commit crimes on, you know, innocent people, um, you know, when they're, that's why when they do have a beef or an issue with someone uh, amongst their own brothers and sisters, they're more prone to kill each other and shoot each other because it's it's more like family problems you know so that they the the anger gets so built up the trauma gets so built up that they may have violent reactions but it normally results in violence towards someone that they have a specific issue with you know or smaller situations escalating to murder due to the anger that's built up inside so you know, I, 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 I want that to be understood, like of how black children differ, because it's it's no coincidence or it's nothing that's necessarily funny when all these school shooters are white males. White males are naturally angry, violent and aggressive. 
it's their nature. That's the kind of people they are. That's not the kind of people that Africans are. And we're definitely going to go into a discussion on the basis of all African culture and the basis of all African people. Let's talk Black Panther. So I know like everyone named Mama seen the movie over the weekend. Me and my son's son, we went and saw it on Tuesday. And I mean, the film was amazing. The film was beautiful. I look forward to the day where, you know, all the actors and actresses in Hollywood can kind of pool their money and resources together to be able to produce films like that ourselves, where all the profit and all the proceeds will go to our people you know, to pay their salaries and to go back into our communities. That would be great. I look forward to the day where that happens. I'm confident that our people are, um, you know, making those moves to do that. I know that it's something that are huge projects and takes tons of money and time and permits and politics to complete. I understand that. That's why, you know, I wasn't really understanding like a lot of the negativity that I was hearing about the movie. And they're like, oh, you know, you giving all the money to these people. And I'm like, okay, are y'all educated on how much it takes to produce quality movies like this? Who the hell, you know, black folk, we've only been having money for about 50, 60 years. You know what I'm saying? We don't have the money to be if if we have money to put forth for stuff the last thing it needs to be is for movies okay if we're gonna pull together millions and billions it needs to start with the education systems for our children we need to be starting with schools and support systems for our children not theater first of all and second of all like i said we got to have a little bit more faith in each other okay so things take time I really do believe that there are a lot of actors in Hollywood, our brothers and sisters, who it probably is silent moves because these are not moves you can make out loud. (laughs) But I believe that, of course, they are working towards that, working towards the time period where we'll have the money and resources to make our own films. But in the meantime, let's not blow things up to be bigger than what they are. It was just a movie. Like, I don't I don't really understand. It was just a movie. Okay, a whole bunch of our brothers and sisters got paid off of this movie. Okay, there was maybe what two white people in the whole movie. Like, come on, like what what is the alternative? Like, I, I just hate when people complain, but they're not really being realistic. Like, so should we have them produce this movie and then tell our kids, like, no, we're not gonna go see it? Like, I don't understand. Like, we can't let things have that much power over us. It's just a movie. Like, we're having all these debates and fights over it, like why we have bigger fish to fry like you know we don't have to be so negative all the time it was a beautiful movie um so you know my little review of it was first of all I just loved how you know so many different African cultures were um so many different African cultures were included in a movie and in the next segment I'm going to go into African culture and subculture, as I said earlier, but I just wanted to put this review in before I went into that. <coughs> I expect, My favorite line of the movie was when Okoye, the general, was, you know, up against her man, like, toe-to-toe, and he looked at her and he said, my love, 
would you really kill me? And she said, for Wakanda, without a question. And I was like, yes! Like, that right there, in my opinion, is the epitome of what African culture is about. Loyalty. Loyalty, loyalty, loyalty. Like, that is what we are based on. Loyalty comes before love. Loyalty comes before love. I I could scream it from the mountaintops. Once you establish true loyalty with someone, you will love them. Love is not first and love is not enough. This is why the love wins, love is love, you love who you love is bullshit. No, it is loyalty to your people first. And I love that part of the movie because I'm like, yes, that is how we operate as Africans. It has always, we, we've never made it just about us and oh, we love We've always made it about our nation. It's always been about loyalty to our people. And like I said, even though there was so much culture in a movie, to me, that was the number one example of African culture in the entire film. I loved how the warriors were women. It goes to show again that we have a we have a job to protect our men as well, you know. Um, we have to have their back too. And I loved how loyal they were to T'Challa. I mean, regardless of the fact that Killmonger was 100% right in everything he said, I love how their number one goal was to have the king's back. And even when, and this goes to show how as women, we naturally are writers for our men. It goes to show, like, you know, his right-hand man turned on him real quick, you know, when Killmonger got the throne. He turned on him quick, was fighting against him and all, and the women stayed solid toward T'Challa. And that's that love that we have for our men that no one else can have, not even brother to brother. We just have a certain love and protection for our men that no one else can give them. And I loved how well they always had T'Challa's back had true concern for him and they were always loyal to the throne i love that 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 was such a great um, example of black women and how loyal we are to our brothers how we are the ones that really can protect them and have their back i loved how no one in wakanda had weave there was no blonde weave no wigs matter of fact when okoye did have to put the wig on as disguise for the party she was like this is a disgrace and I was like, yes, there was so many points in the movie where I was like, yes, just yes. I was on the edge of my seat like, ah, I was just loving everything that I was seeing. So, you know, I love the natural beauty. A few lessons that I saw in the movie is, you know, I can't remember what the princess's name was, the Chala's sister, but... You know, at first she started out with the right idea and she's like, oh, good morning. Or don't, what she said, don't scare me, colonizer. <laughs> you know, and so you call him that, you acknowledge what he is, but this is where we always fuck up at. This is where we have always fucked up no matter what period of time. After you call him a colonizer and acknowledge that, then you turn around and show him the vibranium show you show him how it's transported how you make it null and void how you turn it into weapons like i was like really and he that cracker sitting there the whole time like 
Ooh, eyes getting all big and looking at this shit. And I'm like, oh, I can already see how the sequel to this is going to go. It's definitely going to be him trying to steal his shit. And my friend was like, no, he's not going to do that. And I'm like, I don't care. I think he is. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> but um, I also loved how the film showed how we are, you know, Sometimes we get it twisted when I say like, oh, you know, we need to love each other as black people. We need to, you know, unite. And people think that that means that we're supposed to like kumbaya, namaste, like all day, every day. I loved how the film showed that, yes, we have conflict amongst each other. Yes, we have wars amongst each other. Yes, we have understandings amongst each other, but it's family it's family issues normal family issues when t'challa and the mountain man were fighting for the throne and t'challa said you know i don't make me kill you and brother to brother they looked at each other and he okay you know like he, he got up and he didn't kill him and even after they had that fight when wakanda was still you know in danger he still came and helped his brother i love that example of brotherhood African brotherhood is not, oh, we should never fight, never kill each other, never have problems. As men, you will always have that. That that's natural. That that's the way life goes. What it show what it's showing is it's not in a mass murder, mass killing, oppressive type of conflict. I I just wish that we could really see that difference. Like that difference right there is what I believe just holds us back so much because then we get so mad at one another for doing things that are normal and then we give passes to everyone else that does things that are simply evil and hateful. So the movie Black Panther did a great job of portraying, you know, ancestor worship, spirituality, and natural family conflict between Africans. I think the film was great. Definitely ready for more. It amazes me how whenever I speak of African morals, ideals, or culture, there's always those few people who are like, oh my God, African culture is not all the same culture. You're not even African. Where are you from in Africa? You don't even know anything you're talking about. Blah, blah, blah. Shut up. Just shut the hell up. And I'm just going to go ahead and break down a few definitions. There is culture... Okay, and then there is something called subculture. There is a such thing as African culture. Within that African culture, there are different subcultures, usually divided between different regions on the continent. All African culture, and you can quote me on this, all African culture has the same basis and the same foundations. There may be different variations and subcultures of this, but all African culture cultures have the same basis, which is family, which is marriage, which is children, which is music, which is dancing, and which is honor. These are the basis of every single African culture. Oh, and elder respect. Respect of the elders. Um, this is every single African culture. So I don't really understand like, 
what people mean when they're like, they're, I hate when people generalize African anything. Like, what are you talking about? You can generalize African culture because every African culture is based upon the same things. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, I really get so irritated how our people focus on the wrong things. We will sit and argue for hours on what we should call ourselves. We will sit and argue for hours about whether or not we're really African or not. That shit kills me. Listen, as long as you feel me, as long as you understand what I'm saying, I don't give a damn what the hell you fuck you want to call yourself. I say black people, you know what I'm saying. So if you know what I'm saying, let's just move on. Let's just speak in a way that we can all understand each other and then move on. Like, can, can we stop, you know, focusing on things that are so irrelevant? Like, let's let's move right on along to what's important. So, yes, when I say African culture, that is what I'm talking about. I am talking about the morals that every single African subculture is based upon. So, therefore, I don't need to be specific and be like in Yoruba culture or in Ifa. I don't need to do that because all the cultures stand for the same things. So, you know, I just wanted to put that out there and have that be that because I literally just cannot take anymore. It takes a lot of mental strength to be an independent thinker because the reality is there are so many people that are able to continue going down that path of re- bonded, religious bondage and mental and spiritual bondage because everyone else is also going down that wrong road. And it's very hard to say, I know everyone else is going this way and they've been. And then another thing is people be like, well, this is the way it's always been. This is the way we've always done things. You know, so if you have everyone else going down this path and have been going down this path for a long time, it takes you to be very strong to say, I see all that, but I'm still going to go to the right because I know this is correct. You have to be willing and able to formulate your own thoughts and then live in those thoughts, even though no one is having your back through it. And sometimes it can be scary, like, you know, is this right when you don't see anyone else, you know, or very few people following along with you, but you got to just understand the way the human mind works and how unfortunately it is very easy to kind of brainwash people and get them all to be on one accord, even if that one accord isn't right. Independent thinking is not something that is for attention or fun or acknowledgement. Independent thinking means being lonely. It means being isolated. Because majority of people aren't strong enough to go against things they've been doing for a long time or that everyone else is doing, even if deep down inside they know it's wrong. Okay, being an independent thinker makes you really love yourself because being your yourself becomes all you have at some point. But, you know, we can't let that hold us back. We got to be okay with thinking the way. You know, we don't want to admit that we need to just invest in our own people, you know, because we've just been sold cliche white logic for so long. You know, when when black people say that they have white friends, like let's let's go ahead and dissect what that means. So a lot of black people will tell me, you know, oh, well, white people, you know, not all white people are racist. I know a lot of white people who, you know, are very good and we've been friends for a long time and they've always had my back and I laugh at that because I'm like, listen, honey, 
white friendship comes with rules okay you can have white friendship as long as you behave because it's so funny i'm gonna tell you guys a story i i grew up well one of the places i grew up was kind of out in the country here in florida where i had white friends when i was like middle school age and um, we kept in touch even throughout high school and after. And the minute that I really started loving myself, investing in myself and my people, deciding that I was going to acknowledge that we are definitely at war. You know, there, there definitely is prices on my head and the heads of my people. And I began speaking out against that. I began promoting black love. I began promoting black unity and basically saying like white people are not our concern right now. Like they shouldn't even be on our radar. Like we got to do this for our kids. All my supposed white friends were furious. I can't believe that, you know, I'm your friend and you're saying stuff like that. You know, you can love whoever you love. You're talking about you should only love black people. You know, everyone can love who they want. And I, like, I lost all my supposed white friends the minute that I became for myself and my people. So it's funny because like when black people say they have white friends, yeah, as long as you follow the rules and the rules are to do, first of all, what you're doing right now to have white friends, then you have to whenever someone is having conversation or dialogue about racism or oppression, you have to make sure that you clear your friends names in the midst of all that you have to make sure that you say, well, hold on. You know, not all white people are bad. In order to have white friends, you have to believe that love sees no color. In order to have white friends, you have to go ahead and put disclaimers that, you know, I don't have any problem with you, Sarah. I don't, I don't have any problem with you, Sarah. But, you know, white friends means that, you know, you, 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 you know what to say and what not to say. Cause I've never seen someone who is completely pro black, pro themselves on some shit. Like, fuck that. We're at war. We don't need to be dealing with them. We need to focus on each other. You know, it's a, it's a bigger picture here. It's deeper than rap here and still have supposed white friends. And then you'll say, oh, well, you know, not all white people are racist. And I'm like, yeah, because they don't have to be. <laughs> Well, first of all, you know, you, a lot of people don't know what racism really is because, first of all, all white people are racist unless they take years to educate themselves to not be. So a lot of people don't really know what racism really is. But let's just entertain the thought of what most people think racism is, which is just whether white people are nice to you or mean to you. But look at look at what white people point of view is. They're 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 sitting here like, wow. You know, my ancestors completely raped and enslaved them. You know, we're we're still living in a system of supremacy today that I benefit from and they don't. And they still want to be my friend. They still will sleep with us, still will marry us, still want to wear their hair like us. They still want our acceptance. Like, wow. So pretty much there's nothing we can do to these people and they're going to turn on us. There's nothing we can do to these people and it's going to make them not want to reproduce with us or not be our friends and stick with one another. So they don't have to be blatantly racist. Being blatantly racist is such a, a waste of energy that they really don't have. So they don't have to be. So it's like you you applaud these people like, well, they're not all right. Yeah, because they don't got to be because look how well you behave. Look how good you are when you're around them. 
you know, you, you, got, you got to laugh at all their black jokes, <laughs> you know, for some of them, you have to let them say the N-word, you know, this ain't a free-for-all friendship, this is a friendship with rules, and I would love to see what would happen if you break one of those rules, because I know you ain't going to have them friends no more, trust. My mother was friends with a white woman for, you know, almost my whole life. And even when I grew up and, you know, we were friends on Facebook and she would see my post, you know, about not swirling, you know, no interracial dating, like looking at this as we're under attack, which we are. So we need to be investing in our own people because our own people can't switch out on us if they wanted to. They all stuck in the same boot, same boat. We all still nigga. Like, you know, just 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 being for myself, promoting my own culture, promoting my own history, you know, not relaxing my hair anymore, just embracing myself. And it's like I said, this is a white woman who has literally was there the day I was born, called herself my mom's best friend. And um, a few years ago, I was thinking about moving back home to Philly, where I'm from. And I had asked her if I could rent a room from her because she has a big house. And she was like, well... You know, if you're if you come up here, I just want to know, um, you know, do I have to worry about you attacking me because I know that you hate white people? And I was like, what? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, you've literally known me your whole life. Like, how is me promoting black love? promoting love for my own people and culture that has scared you so much that even though you've known me your whole life you are now afraid like you're afraid to have me in your home so you know I realized yeah she cool and you know we quote unquote family as long as I shut the fuck up about myself you know what I'm saying nothing pisses white people off more than black people saying that I will not allow you sexual access to my body. That's really what pisses them off. Like if, if When black men say, I only want black women, oh my God, if any black man want to piss the world off, just say that. Because I know the hate mail I get when I say that a white man could never touch me. Bro, that shit pisses them off. And, and it's funny because you know, it's it's not y'all kids that are dying. It's not y'all kids where you have to worry about someone being able to shoot them and never even go to jail for it. It's not it's not free game. It's not open season on your kids. It's not black men going around hunting down little white boys. That's not happening. So it's like when especially to come at me as a woman who has given birth to a black god and, and tell me that I need to shut up about, you know, racism and, and, and stuff like that when I'm a mother is really offensive. You know what I'm saying? I can have white friends as long as I'm still what? Sensitive to how they feel. Whenever I'm talking about racism, I have to add the not all white people are bad disclaimers to be your friend. Bitch, our kids are dying. And in the midst of our kids dying, I have to be considerate of your feelings. And in the midst of our kids dying, I have to follow your rules to make sure that I keep you comfortable in the midst of all this. And that is racism. That is that white privilege mindset that despite the fact that we're under attack, we still need to be sensitive to their feelings 
and their wants and needs. And guess what? Majority of black people do it. In the midst of all this, they still are very careful on how they speak about white people, around white people, even though this is a matter of life or death. So when I speak from this personally, I will say that when you are really for your people, you will not have white friends because your white friends will naturally fall back from you because your vibration will then raise so high because the the energy level you operate as a black person that knows themselves and ain't taking that bullshit scares white people. You will not have white friends because they'll be terrified of you. Their knees will shake when you walk in the room. White folks know the niggas they can play that shit with and the ones they can't. Everywhere I go, white people are always uncomfortable around me because they feel it. They feel she is not with the bullshit. She is not going to, you know, talk a bunch of crap to make us comfortable. She ain't doing it. You know, so that's how I feel about black folks that say they have white friends. White friends, you know, according to what? White friends as long as you what? You know what I'm saying? It come with rules, stipulations. People is cray cray, man. Cray cray. You know, things are very simple. Very, very simple. I mean, I think we make things a lot more complicated than it has to be. It's very simple. You a black woman, you find a black man to love, to nurture. You know, did you know that at this point, the only chance that the black man has at any peace is us, sisters. We are his only chance at peace. His only chance at real peace. And I believe that if our men experience peace, They will reach levels that they've never reached before. I think that it's been very difficult for them to reach certain levels because of the lack of peace. He has no peace when he walks out the door. He has no peace when he comes home. He can't think straight. Men are not, you know, multi-thinkers the way that we are. They pretty much focus on like one thing at a time. Men have the ability to sometimes think of nothing. You know, women, it's it's time for us to step up. Like I'm really realizing now more than ever that we are who we've been waiting on. Like black women, I think that we just kind of went through a period of time where we were tired cuz we kind of feel like we got to do everything. But, you know, of course shit goes down when there's a billion dollars on the elevator. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, we are the most powerful beings on this planet. So, of course, shit's going to get real between us. And as much as shit's getting real, we're the problem and we're the solution. Like, you know, when you have a group of women like myself and my sisters that have as much power that we do... If we don't direct it in the right way, shit can go bad. And what's happened is we've been so programmed to direct bad energy towards each other. And, you know, that hasn't really gotten us far, but it's time for us to teach. It's time for us to speak up. Like, I think the brothers have been doing a great job so far, but it's time for us to, you know, help them out. It's time for us to support them. It's time to really work together. Like, 
a nation can rise no higher than its women. So it's just time for us to kind of raise those standards. Like we are the only hope. And this is something that we haven't tried. We have not tried creating spaces of peace so that our men can flourish. So, you know, we have homework every week. So that's this week's homework. We want to create spaces of peace. We can handle a lot more than anyone else. So as much as we've been kind of like sitting back and waiting, the truth is we're waiting on nothing. Like, yeah, black women, this is what it is. If we want something done right, we got to do it ourselves. Yes, we have to do it all. This is what happens when you're the mother of all civilization. You know, this is no different for any other mother in any other predicament. Yeah, we always are the ones that got to do it all. <laughs> so this is kind of just what it is, sisters. So, you know, we, we're, we're so powerful and it's just time for us to take things into our own hands. It's like, okay, we let y'all try to figure this out, but uh, step aside. It's also going to require a humbling for our brothers to humble yourselves and listen to your sisters, listen to the women in your life. Since we are black women, we literally can predict the future. We literally have very high instincts. Everything we tell you is out of love and for a reason. It's going to be very important as men to be like T'Challa and surround yourself with women that love you and have your back and are creating spaces of peace for you. Whether that's your wife, girlfriend, your mother, your sisters, um, the 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 blaming game is over. Everyone is stepping up. I have so much confidence in myself and my sisters that we can get the job done. Um, we're having a further dis- huge discussion on the feminine renaissance next week that is going down. I'm very excited about this. A shift is happening for the sisters, which means that a shift is happening for the black man and children as well. I love you guys. Please continue to rate and subscribe and we will see you next week. Love.